0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. The most ancient Christian confession of faith was to say, Jesus is Lord. When the early Christians said this, they meant that Jesus had sovereign authority over the whole world. The one who had been arrested, beaten, crucified, and buried had demonstrated his power over all things by rising from the dead and ascending to the right hand of the Father. In the ancient world, the confession that Jesus is Lord was heard in contrast with the confession Caesar is Lord. The various Caesars claimed for themselves the titles Son of God and Savior of the World. They demanded obedience from their subjects and expected their subjects to trust them for protection and well-being. The confession that Jesus is Lord was seen as a threat to the claims of Caesar. This is why many early Christians were killed for their faith. Either Jesus is the world's true Lord or Caesar is. Neither church nor state allowed its citizens to make the contrary confession. In the contemporary world, the confession that Jesus is Lord doesn't always carry the same weight. We tend to view such confessions as personal opinions rather than claims about the nature of the world. To say Jesus is Lord often carries the meaning that Jesus is Lord for me, without any implication that it has any impact on anyone else. This reflects the perspective of our times that there is no such thing as ultimate truth. Each person can have his or her own. This is highlighted by the question asked by some evangelists. Do you Accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. While this is meant to emphasize a personal decision or individual decision to follow Jesus, it also implies that what Jesus is for me personally, he may not be for the whole world. He may be my personal Savior and the same way I have a personal assistant, a personal trainer. Each has a certain authority and competence, but all are subject to my personal willingness to let them work in my life. This accounts to a significant degree for why the witness of the church is not particularly powerful in our time in the Western world. The Lord Jesus is presented as one who may help us to manage life as one who may be called upon in time of crisis, as one who may provide us with some comfort in time of need. But he is not always understood to be and confessed and followed as Lord and Savior of the world. It is an interesting meditation to consider what would happen if life-threatening persecution broke out in our time, in our country. How many of us would be willing to die for the confession that Jesus is Lord. However, in reality, our challenge is different. The devil attacks our faith in more subtle ways. The chief way our faith is attacked is by the tendency to separate faith from the real activities of life. Faith in the Lord Jesus is not so much denied as it is rendered innocuous. This dualism may have been uh, institutionalized by a former president who comforted our Protestant nation by assuring the people that his Roman Catholic faith would have no impact on how he ran the country. The assurance carried the implication that his faith would have just the same impact that the people's Protestant faith had on their own real lives. The implication was not much. Thus, faith became a private thing that is not allowed in any way to affect what we actually do. This separation of faith from real life is a patent rejection of the ascension, not to mention the incarnation, the cross, and the resurrection. For if the Lord Jesus ascended in order to, quote, Fill all things, as Ephesians says. If, as our Lord said in Matthew, he has been given all authority in heaven and earth. If, as the prophecy of Daniel says, to him was given dominion and authority and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him, then no part of life can be separated from the Confession that Jesus is Lord. We may never be dragged before the magistrate and asked to burn incense to an image of a king. However, we do confess or deny that Jesus is Lord all the time by what we do or fail to do. As Jesus said, Why do you call me Lord and do not do the things which I say? We confess or deny that Jesus is Lord by our presence in church on the Lord's day. We confess or deny that Jesus is Lord by our practice of tithing or by our failure to tithe. We confess or deny that Jesus is Lord by our commitment to or neglect of the life of prayer. We confess or deny that Jesus is Lord by our treatment of the least of his brethren. We confess that Jesus is Lord by doing what we do as business people, lawyers, accountants, artists, laborers, mothers, and fathers, as unto the Lord and not unto men, seeking first the kingdom, not merely temporal rewards. We confess that Jesus is Lord by obeying his commandments, especially when obedience is costly. The confession or denial of the truth that Jesus is Lord cannot, in fact, be kept as a private or personal thing. The evidence is there for all to see. Of course, there is a major challenge to our confession that Jesus is Lord. There is injustice, oppression, and the killing of innocent people. There are tornadoes, floods, natural disasters, and tragedies. Indeed, if we read the paper with any regularity, the world seems to be falling apart. How can we say that Jesus is Lord? How can we maintain that Jesus is in control? In fact, Christian faith provides the most Reasonable way to understand what is happening. The ascended Lord Jesus was himself subjected to the injustice and tragedy of life in this fallen world. He was rejected, betrayed, beaten, and killed. The life of Jesus reveals that, he, that God is able to save his chosen through the real trials of this life. The cross was the raw material for the resurrection. This teaches us that our pain is part of the process by which we are being remade in the image of Christ. Jesus is Lord precisely because he is able to bring his order and beauty out of the chaos and disorder of this fallen world. What looks to the natural eye, to the world, like the pain of death is in reality the birth pangs of God's new creation. Jesus really is in control, working in all things for good, for those who love him and are the called according to his purpose. Jesus is Lord. He is not merely our personal or private Lord and Savior. He is Lord and Savior of the world. As Philippians says, quote, At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The two angels said, The same Jesus, who is taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. For, quote, he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Jesus is Lord, and he calls each of us to be faithful servants in thought, word, and deed, in everything that we do. As we wait for him to come again, renew the creation and raise us from the dead by the power which enables him to, quote, subdue all things unto himself. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.